Oh, hi, YouTube. Episode 20, Sexual Frequency. This is a special one, guys. Ah, so excited. Giving me a problem. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Sexual Frequency, a non-judgmental place where we can play, explore, and vibe into the new paradigm of intimacy and sexuality together. I'm your host, Goddess Lore, and you know that I'm always riding with Rick Rock, with the hard cock next to me, who's always setting the moon right, baby. How are you doing tonight, Rick? We're doing all right. We're doing okay. Getting ready. We've got a good, good show today. So, you uh, know, it's a recorded show, by the way. So great show today, though. It's going to be good, though. So ready. Tonight, we have a very special episode for you. I hope that you're ready because we have an amazing guest joining us and i'm so excited to get this started she is a boricua badass obgyn you know her as ali rod md please help me welcome dr ali rodriguez yay hi i'm so excited to be here how are you doing tonight dr ali Doing good. Yeah. Really excited to get this conversation going and to be here. So it's going to be a good, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good conversation. Mm. Yes. It's going to be so great. It's going to be so juicy. It's going to be all of the things that you didn't know that you needed. Um, mm -hmm. So firstly, I do want to say that we here at Sexual Frequency, we would like to thank you for all the work that you do in the realm of sexual health and bringing awareness and education, not only in your practice, but also in your online uh, platforms and your presence. It is so important to have Latinas leading in the field and doing what they can to really impact society and to empower women of all ages so we would like to give you your flowers because what you're doing is beyond amazing so we hope that you will accept that thank you so much this is so kind and i mean i agree wholeheartedly like i i love it I'm, you guys if you follow me you know i'm all about the women empowerment education at all ages right so yes yeah very happy to be here all ages and you know not only is it all ages but what's like so special about you is like one being latina right and being able to like have younger women younger latinas or not even just latinas but just all girls to be able to look and see like wow this person looks like me yeah. you know like that is so huge representation is like so big and and that's part of the reason why my pussy heartbeat is going beating so fast um <laughs> because I like I love it and I did not have a lot of that you know when I was growing up right yeah. my age I'm just kidding y'all know I'm 42 guys it's all good <laughs> I am 42 and thriving okay yes <laughs> um 
So yeah, we want to give you your flowers for that. We're going to be talking a lot about the work that you do because this is why you're here, baby, to talk all of the things. We're so excited. But before we really jump into it, Ricky, please let the people know what time it is. It's time for that pre-roll, everybody. Pre-roll. This very special episode is being sponsored by Therapy for Latinx, a national directory to find mental health professionals that honor who you are, provide you services with dignity, and are culturally aware. Please feel better and find a therapist today. You can find Therapy for Latinx on Instagram at Therapy for Latinx, Twitter at Therapy, the number four, Latinx, and on Facebook, Therapy for Latinx. Pretty simple, guys. And it's also on our ticker. So if you didn't catch that with my voice, you can catch it on the ticker um, on YouTube. You can also find the link uh, for their services in my bio at Lotus Hustle on Instagram. That was our sponsor. That was the first time that we have them sponsoring our show. And again, talking about representation, right? And the importance of it, having a therapist, having a mental health professional, a doctor, just people that are um, in your own community that understand, understand certain things that, you know, others might not be so sensitive to. We're going to talk a little bit about that today on this episode. Um, so I wanted to talk to you, Dr. Ali, about growing up Latina and sex. Yeah. What was that like for you? Can you give us a little bit of a background um, yeah. on your childhood in a nutshell? <laughs> of course. Yes. So as you mentioned before, I am Boricua. I was born in Puerto Rico. And I moved to Arizona when I was really little. So I moved here when I was three. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, being Latina, growing up in you know a Latin community household, and then sex, I think a lot of people can agree that those two things don't really go hand in hand. And it's very taboo. Um, so a little bit about you know when I was little and starting to find out about sex and periods and all of that. Yeah. I have two older sisters. So I remember being like, what are these pads? What are these, you know, what is <laughs> happening? And I finally, you know, I can't remember how old I was, but I asked my mom and it was one of those things where she's like, we need to have this talk. And she takes me to her room and she like closes the door. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I remember being this little kid, like what is happening? And then it probably took like 10 minutes tops and I just got this conversation on, you're going to start bleeding. This is something that happens to everyone. I don't know when you'll start, but your sister started at, you know, whatever age. Right. And then I was, you know, I was like, but why? And she's like, oh, because, you know, then she was like, it's because of sex and a beat. But it was never like explained in detail. It was just right. something that she's like, it's about sex, but you're not going to have it you don't have sex, you know, kind of like this. Yeah. And I don't think she was trying to be not that she's like a bad person, but she was just like, mm -hmm. you don't have sex until you're married. Like this is, you know, that kind of conversation. And then she was done. And I was like, can I go back to playing? I was just like, <laughs> you know, I was like this little kid. And after that, it was never really talked about. I had a, I say air quotes, sex, Ed in high school and in junior <laughs> high, but we all know how that goes here in the U S and 
everything else you like, learned from friends or learned from, you know, asking other people, but which again, not a great idea. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely one of those things where I think in our community, it's still very taboo. It's yeah. still almost taught in this like shameful you know, like we don't bring up sex in like day-to-day life. You do it behind closed doors. Like, I think that's such a perfect example. Like I remember my mom closing the door and like being like, we have to have, you know, almost like a whisper, like, and I'm, I hear, I'm here to change that. Right. And even now as an adult and as an OB, I, I now openly talk to both my parents about it. And I'm like, yeah, I, we need to change that this mold. Like it could have been handled differently. And they're, I mean, they're so open to it. I have great parents, but mm-hmm. I want to break that stigma and, you know, not make it this like shameful conversation because sex is very normal and very natural. Yeah. So. And, you know, and at the end of the day, the more knowledge that we have, like that's just that it's power. You know, Correct. we are not mm-hmm. out there making ill-informed decisions, you know, and I feel like my experience was like our parents trying to protect us didn't always lead down the right pathway. Right. Yeah. Most of it from our friends. Like I remember being really little, I must've been maybe like eight years old or something and Uh going to the supermarket with my mom. And back in the day, pads were like in these huge boxes, right? Yeah. 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 And it wasn't even Costco size. Costco didn't even exist back then. And I remember going down the aisle and seeing this box that I knew we had in the bathroom. So Mm -hmm. I thought like, I'm going to be helpful and I'm going to get this box. And I went running to my mom. So excited. Like I got the stuff. I was so upset. She was like, go put that back right now. Don't even touch that. I didn't even know what it was. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Helpful. Okay. We don't. We don't bring the big giant boxes into the shopping carts anymore. Okay. And then, you know, fast forward growing up, um, we had um, some representatives come to school. I think I must have been like 13 or 12. And they gave us samples of tampons. And they had to talk about periods and the whole thing. And I remember bringing the tampons home and having that knowledge now, right? Like, okay, we had the talk. So I put them under the sink. Totally forgot about them. Months later, there's a leak under the bathroom sink and that my dad has to fix. Man, when I tell you this man lost his mind when oh he saw tampons under the sink, it's almost as if he found a dildo. Like, yeah. like oh. His reaction was that intense, right? Yeah. Like yeah. my 12-year-old child has a dildo or a sex toy or something like he flipped his lid and it just speaks to also like the cultural perspective, you know, of men. Right. Yeah. Right. That women have to stay pure, that our hymen has to stay intact because we have to bleed the first oh. time we have sex, right? Like so many things, you know, yeah. so many things that happen and it's like, okay, we need to, it's time to take a step back because especially like just knowing one's anatomy Correct. Yeah. Powerful. Right. And I remember this is another just a short story. And I remember I was gifted my my Nina at the time, my madrina, my godmother gifted me like an encyclopedia for young 
kids. Yeah. I remember we were at the party and we're upstairs and I remember opening the encyclopedia and going to the, it was like the puberty section and it showed all of the bodies and how you grow and how you change. And an adult came and saw us and it was like, Oh my God, like they're watching porn. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah. they yanked the encyclopedia away from me. For those of you who don't know, back before there was internet, we had encyclopedias that were these very thick books that looked like the yeah. dictionaries that you have at school. And that's yeah. how we learned things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just like so many things. And when I started doing the show, I started realizing like how many of these incidents I had, even from very young, that taught me to be like shameful, shameful Correct. around my body, shameful around normal things like a period or, mm-hmm. you know, keeping your hymen intact, like all of these things that are like that are not even um, should should not be a thing because they're yeah. so natural and normal. Yeah. And I would say I probably felt that same way about the shame and like being like keeping everything secret or like, I remember right in school, you're like taught to hide your tampon and pad. If you have to go to the bathroom, you have to like shove it down your shirt or like wrap it in something. And yes, I remember still feeling that way up until I got to med school. I was like, (laughs) why am I, I'm like a grown ass person. Why am I embarrassed by this? Like it happens every month. Like this is, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, it took me well into my adulthood and adulthood to realize that like, yeah. this is dumb. Like I, like the crazy I, sneaky maneuver to like hide a pad, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's so crazy. And then that translated to me being an adult. And I went on a Costco trip with my dad. This is back when I was married and we needed condoms and we would buy our condoms at Costco. And I was like, damn, but my dad's on this trip with me. Like, do I buy the condoms? do I not buy the condoms what do I do I know it felt so shameful and I was an adult woman you know like um versus just like yeah I'm buying condoms I don't want to have children being safe yeah so it's just crazy just like so many things you know that come with that so that's why it makes me so happy that you are on all of these platforms especially that are so um friendly to younger girls um your content you make this stuff that is like so important it is just so relatable and you make it fun you know you can go quickly go down a rabbit hole on your tiktoks you know with all of the things that you do and the beauty in it is that you make it so natural and so normal as it should be, you know? So I just like, I thank you for that because it is really, really needed. Um, And again, you're all about empowerment and about that message. And so I see how passionate you are about, about that. And particularly with, um, you know, the Latino community and the BIPOC community. So I wanted to ask you, um, how is it that you became affiliated with plan B? Because it feels like just a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, and well, maybe we can talk about what Plan B is, right? Yeah. First, let, let's start there. Let's start. <laughs> yeah. So Plan B, also known as emergency contraception, you may see it abbreviated as like just EC. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like it says, it's emergency contraception. It is not to be used as a primary form of birth control. But, you know, maybe we've all been there or know of someone who forgot to take their birth control pill or used a condom and it broke or the condom was expired or simply 
you didn't use a condom um, and you're not on birth control or whatever it may be, um, a plan B is an option for contraception at that time. So as long as it's taken within 72 hours of you know the last time you had intercourse or had sex, um, it works at preventing pregnancy. Essentially, it doesn't, you know, the baby's not formed at that point or anything like that. It would just prevent the ovulation or the egg coming out of the ovary. I love that you said that because, you know, since we're talking about um, being repressed or being made to feel shame or guilt around our bodies and sex and our periods, speaking of another um, incident for myself, the misinformation that is given. Yeah, I'm just going to say it, guys. In the, in the church, I was going to say I was raised Catholic. My experience was before I got married, I had to attend a retreat. Mm-hmm. And in the retreat, they covered um, what were the like proper ways for you to like have your birth control methods, right? Right, right. And back at that time, I worked at a contraceptive clinic. I was doing research. Um, oh and so I knew the stuff. And the amount of misinformation that was being given was insane it wasn't and everybody in the room it was like 99% Latino that were there and I wanted to just raise my hand and say like please sir like stop giving out this awful information because they really made it seem like if you do this this type of of you know birth control it's the, the most awful thing x y and z there's a baby and you're gonna take this and it's gonna you know no, no. So can we talk a little bit about it? Like, it, like plan B mm-hmm. you use in the span of like how many hours would you say? 72. Okay. So from the moment you have sex and then you have that 72 hour window to take okay. it, the earlier you take it, the better. Okay. Um, one question that I get a lot of time from patients or even, you know, through social media or something would be, you know, what if I take it and I'm already pregnant or, you know, what is that going to do? Or, you know, because that it's a great question to have. So if you are already pregnant, the birth, that plan B is not going to disrupt that pregnancy by any means mm-hmm. at all. So it is not considered to damage the pregnancy, the baby or anything like that. It will only work if it's before, you know, the sperm meets the egg. So that's why it doesn't disrupt the pregnancy at all. Okay, perfect. I do have another question because um, I know that plan B really, it should speak for itself. It's plan B. It is not your plan A. It is not, you should already have your plan A should already be like solidified what it is. Plan B is for any type of emergencies that happen. And, you know, sometimes we have accidents. So like, let's say, for example, um, I go on a vacation, you know, with my kinky boo and, you know, oops, I had too many margaritas and it was the moment and I took plan B. Okay. Let's say this was a Friday night and then let's say I was like, okay, we can't do this. Like we need it. Let's go back to plan A. And then Sunday rolls around and we had a a condom break. Yep. Should I take another plan B at that time? You know, because obviously the condom broke, right? Um, Or am I covered for what period of time if that should happen? 
Yeah, that's an actually a great question. So with plan B, it is, you know, the one time that you take it, it covers you for that one sex sexual event that you had. Okay. So you, you know, you had sex Friday, you took the plan B and then if it, you're having sex again on Sunday and the condom broke, you should take another plan B or it's okay. So one of the plan B, it just covers you for that one time. But obviously, again, making sure it's not, it's not your plan A, it's your backup. Yeah. yeah. This is backup. Like you should not have a stock of plan B at your house. In your no. House. no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely just for emergencies. emergencies and you know, that's yeah. why it is also so easy to, it's, it's so easy to find, you know, we want to shout out those who carry it, which is like target, um, CVS, Walgreens. Yeah. Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. pretty easy to, um, very easily accessible. Yes. Um, and another thing too, you don't need a prescription for it or anything like that. So it's something that is available to you, mm -hmm. um, which is also amazing. Like, thank you. Yes. That I think is a huge thing because how many people, you know, in the span of three days, right? Those 72 hours, are you going to be able to get, see your doctor or, you know, whatever yes. it may be. So I think that's pretty cool too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's really great. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, what would you say the, the most um, misconceptions that are out there about plan B? Um, I definitely get a lot of that question of the way it works is by disrupting the pregnancy or almost like, you know, I do hate to use the word, but a lot of people are like, Oh, it just causes an abortion. It's the yes. abortion pill. And that is a huge misconception. Um, and so I have to spend a lot of time making sure that people understand that. Um, it would not disrupt the pregnancy and it just, you know, you want to take it as early as you can within that 72 hours, um, to prevent, you know, that sperm and that egg meeting up. I would say that's probably a huge misconception. Oh yeah. Huge. And I feel like that's really, I feel like the biggest barrier to, um, understanding, emergency contraception and contraception Correct. is that misinformation. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's why I, it just circles back to from being young and being empowered and really knowing your body, knowing yep. your anatomy is so important. We talk about this on sexual frequency all the time and not just for like a sense of pleasure. You know, we we talk about sex here on sexual frequency as like personal development. You learn 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, you learn so much from your body. Your body is like your your story. It's everything that you yeah. everything that you have been through. So the more in touch in in tune and in touch you are with your body, like the the better, the more empowered you feel. Like this is yeah. how you get the goddess, guys. Come on. Like, yeah. No, I know. And I things. I have this conversation a lot with my coworkers or friends or nurses I work with and stuff that like at a young age, it's like teaching your kids like the normal anatomy, but on above that, it is the normal name for stuff. Like it is a vagina. Vagina is not a bad word. Let's, you know, because I see that I'll have young patients and they'll be like, Oh, my flower or my cookie. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, just it's your vagina and there's vulva and it's a penis. Like we don't need to use these like cutesy little kid terms for it. Like, I feel like that carries a lot of shame too, because I know plenty of adults that are like my vagina, like, you know, and they don't want to like 
And it's like, no, this is normal. It's part, it's an arm. It's just like your arm or your hand or your heart. It's a that part one. of the body. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry. It reminds me of the varsity blues uh, uh, movie scene where the teacher's teaching the class and telling everybody to say penis, 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 yeah. and a vagina, <laughs> vagina. Yeah. 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 Get, you know, get used to saying that, you know, don't. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, I had one of my uncles. He was with his, with his daughter. He had two girls, and that's what they were using. They were, and no, he actually no. Let me go back. Same uncle, but it was with my son, and he came to me and said something about like, "Oh, mom, my penis." And my uncle was like, "What did he say?" I said, <laughs> "His penis, like his penis, her or his penis, whatever." Like, yeah. you have to teach the right terms now. If you want to get when when you get older and you consent and you want to get cutesy and do the Correct. things in the bedroom, by all, by all means, means. yeah, for it. Like we do not kink shame here on sexual frequency. We right. anything with consent, we are for. Um, but yes, definitely, it is your vagina. Wow. Um, it, all the things, right? Because we we can talk about this forever. Right, we really could, yeah. <laughs> we really, really definitely could. Um, but um, let's see. I did have a couple more questions um, oh. around uh, Plan B, which is this one is a little bit on the heavy side. Okay. So I wanted to ask if someone thinks that they may have been violated, uh. is Plan B like would that be the option that you would the route to go through? Um, because let's say, let me give an example. Like, let's say you are at a party and, you know, you had a, not even overindulge, but, you know, you just, you woke up and you were in a bedroom. You didn't know what happened to you. Like, yeah. would you suggest uh, plan B to be an option? Yeah. So definitely in a situation like that, first and foremost, like I think the most important thing is report it to the authorities. Mm -hmm. It needs to be, there needs to be some sort of documentation of it and going to see a doctor. So a lot of the times you can just present to an ER and there's usually like a signified like nurse or healthcare provider that can deal with, you know, whether it was a potential rape or, you know, violation or whatever the situation may be. Mm -hmm. um, but that's definitely important to, you know, get, make that your first step. And then uh, typically in a situation like that, if the person does not have a form of birth control or doesn't remember what happened or, you know, what exactly was done, then plan B again, within the 72 hours, like would be a good option um, and readily available to everyone. But yeah, I would say first and foremost, making sure that's, you know, you go get checked out, go get, you know, STD testing if you need it or, you know, whatever it may be. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. I had to ask because I feel like we talk about a lot of things that are taboo and don't really get brought up. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we don't know where to go. We don't know um, like what route to take. So I'm glad that we were able to, you know, talk about that. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I agree with I agree with everything you just said. Um, <laughs> and so uh, one more question in regards yeah. to plan B is, as you could see, I'm a big, beautiful woman, a big, beautiful goddess. Um, there has been things that have been said in the past about emergency contraceptive not being effective for women that are of a bigger body size. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So as of now, the FDA, who, you know, has done all of the regulations, testing and everything with plan B, there is no set, you know, 
size, weight limit or anything like that on people using plan B. So it's available to all and it should always be, you know, available and you should take it if you feel like, you know, condom broke or anything, it's always going to be an option regardless of weight. Oh, yay. Okay. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Not that I, you know, plan to ever use it, but if my plan A fails, there you go. Plan B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick, did you have any um, any questions or commentary yeah. about uh, plan B? I did. I, I do, actually. Um, so, yeah, being that this is, you know, uh, plan B emergency uh, contraception, how do we bring uh, men into the conversation? Yeah, I think this is a great question. And I've actually talked to my husband about this before because I I like to, I asked him, I'm like, what was your experience like growing up? And like, how were you talked about, you know, with sex and stuff like that? And he was just like, it didn't happen. He was yeah. like, it just, we never. And I was like, well, who told you about sex? And he's like, friends, like school, you know? And I'm like, did anyone ever mention birth control? Like, how did you first encounter it or you know stuff like that and he was just saying you know whenever you start dating a girl and it just like happens to come up but no one ever explained how or why or anything so I think it's important first and foremost even when it's like you're talking about like young boys it you that conversation needs to start and not necessarily like sit them down and close the door or anything like that but it's more like for boys and for girls, mm -hmm. let's just start talking openly about sex. It could be, you know, you're cooking dinner, you're chopping up onions or something. And you can be like, Oh, bring it up. Like it's normal. And it doesn't have to be a 20 minute conversation, but just so that it's sprinkled in right throughout like the household where it's a normal conversation. And then as far as right, say to bring like adult men into the conversation, I like to think about it in the sense where plan B or birth control or emergency contraception or anything like that, it should be about the two people, right? It's not just something that should be carried on the woman always because it does take two people to tango. It takes two people to have sex. Um, and so I think having open conversations is where we need to start. And that just starts with like breaking stigmas. So I hope that like, you know, someone's listening to me now gets that courage to be like, I'm going to talk about plan B. I'm going to talk about plan A first. And then we're going to talk about your backup, you know? So I think it's just continuing this conversation mm -hmm. is how we need to go about it. Yeah. Okay. I, I love that. Yeah. Did you have anything else? Rick? Um, how do you feel like as an adult man? Well, that's the <laughs> now thing. That I, you're I'm here and like, like your husband. I mean, I, I grew up with, you know, five, four brothers, you know, my mom had, we yeah. have no sisters. So, so sex wasn't always, you know, talked about, uh, right. she did teach us to respect women. And, you know, as we got older, you know, she did the right things, you know, we, we covered those bases, but, um, but yeah, I, it was something that we just never really worried about. And mm -hmm. so that's, that's why I had that question, you know, like, I mean, also, I mean, each man is, di is different with their, with their partner as well, where if you encounter that situation, I'm sure, you know, you guys would, they, they would, uh, uh, they would they would figure it out correctly, you know, go about right. it. Um, but that was my concern that, or that was my question. You know, we're guys, we're always just thought taught like, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know, you just be respectful. Don't you know, don't do anything, I, you know, bad or um, yeah. but that, it was that, something that, that word, but, yeah. yeah, you know, but uh, and then again, the culture, you know, uh, the, you know, especially growing up Catholic, 
um, you know, you're not supposed to have sex till you're married and all that. Right. So yeah. that was the thing. It's like, you know, growing up, you didn't, I didn't worry about it, but I was very respectful of it, uh, of women and, and, and to go about it. If, if I did come uh, encounter that situation, yeah. um, it was one thing that, yeah, it's like, how do you, how do I teach my kids or my son when, when I do, uh, you know, have children, you know, to, how to go about it. And right. That, that, that was my, my question there. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a great yeah. question. And, I have two boys and they're 13 and seven and my 13 year old is like, do not talk about sex <laughs> about my body. Um, I'm using the restroom. I need privacy, you know, also like growing up in my household, it, there was five sisters. We were five sisters, my poor father. <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, but we were, we used the facilities of the restroom very freely, like all the women in the house, you know, and mm -hmm. so this is how I am. I'm very open, like, you know, with, with my boys, like it's like, yeah, you can be in the shower and you can use the restroom, like with boundaries. And now my oldest son is like, I need time by myself <laughs> shower. I'm gonna, you know, I need to use the restroom. And if y'all listen to the show, you know, I'm all about self-pleasure and loving your body and getting to know your body. So I let him take his longer showers. You know, I encourage him to have time, you know, on his own. But when it comes to the verbal communication, he is very like, oh, I don't want to like talk about that. And, you know, my seven year old is like, wow, mom, like I can't remember what we were watching a movie. And he was like, that gave me a tickle in my penis. <laughs> And then my 13 year old was like, don't, don't say that. And I was like, no, why? That's what he felt. It's okay. It's normal. Yes, that's amazing. I, I mean, love that. Excited, you know, and yeah. <laughs> I talk about that too here is like, you know, being excited, um, I call it our pussy heartbeat for us, you know, females. It's like, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean we're ready to have sex. It means we're excited for life. You exactly. know, it's like men get erections when they're not in, in sexual context. It's just something that's arousing them. Yeah, like, it's, you know, wood, yeah, yeah it, goes, hey, it happens just, it happens to women and it's very normal. Exactly. It goes hand in hand. So I love that. Just having those open conversations just from, you know, from a young age and, and being like, yeah. it's acceptable things obviously being talked about at an age appropriate level correct um, of course you know and yeah. out of respect and you know all yeah. of those things but i think that's awesome like with your 13 year old son even though he may be a little bit more like reserved with that and not wanting to the way right kids are like sponges so though he hears everything yeah. and the way like your you know you respond to when your seven-year-old said something like that or like letting him know that like, it's okay if you need to take your time and a longer shower or, you know, do, he may say like, I don't want to talk about it, but he's, he's hearing you yes. and you know what I mean? And so I think you're doing a great job. That's oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, my first reaction, like the very first time he told me like, I'm like, Hey guys, come on, we're going to go to target. And he was like, oh, I don't really want to go. Um, I'm gonna, I kind of need to take care of my bird. You know, he has a pet bird. And I was like, my first reaction was like, no way you're staying home. And then I was like, okay, it's going to be a quick trip. He needs his time. Yeah. He's going to, you know, he's going to get his time. We don't have to talk about it, you know, but right. um, yeah, I, I am very open. I am that mom that chops onions and just talks about things That's awesome. like completely 
that that should be completely normal and yeah. natural. So, you know, much to my father's demise, but hey, <laughs> I feel like this is also why like our children are growing up in a very different climate where right. you know, like the adults seem to be like on, on one end or the other end. Our kids are very much more on the end of openness and acceptance. Yeah. And so that, yes. that gives me hope. That's like, that's a beautiful thing. So I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to talk to them is, you know, that's the most important thing is to have that open communication. Yeah, communication for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. One more question about a uh, plan B. I keep saying that, but then mm -hmm. I want to get to um, some questions. We have some listener questions for you. We did oh, awesome. platform, um, like ask the doctora because we're so yeah. excited. Um, so one more question about plan B is, um, if there is somebody who who cannot afford to have access to Plan B, what options do they have? I mean, we know that Plan B is affordable, um, but you know there are people who don't have the resources for it. Like, what um, what options do those women have? Yeah, definitely, that's a really good question too. Um, on there's I guess, two different answers. One, I know that through the website of like Plan B. Um, a lot of the times there's a coupon that they can either download or print or, you know, whatever it may be that can help cover the cost. Okay. Um, the other recommendation, if for whatever reason, you know, that's not accessible to them or they can't get the coupon would be to either reach out to their like local clinic or a health department or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think that would be another good option to okay. see what resources they can go because like, like you said, it is affordable, but you know, every situation is different and, so that's, it's great that that's an option. Yes. I love that. And I want to just speak to all of the sisterhood out there, like talk to each other, support yes. each other, make these conversations not taboo anymore. Yeah. Um, Cause you never know when somebody is going to need that support. And if we come off in a judgmental tone, uh, you're closing the door for conversations and for people when they potentially might need you the most, right. To say like, right. Hey, the ride, you know, to target real quick. Cause you know, uh, there, I had an emergency and I need to, you know, get pick up some contraception, emergency contraception, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, more than likely, like you're going to have someone who's going to be supportive, like, Hey, I've never done that, but you know what you need it. Let's go get that. Right. You know, let's download that coupon. Let's go to Target. Um, let's whatever place you know that you just Target is clearly my preference. Target, <laughs> we're looking for sponsorships. Here but yeah, just talk to each other and the men out there too, you know, like have these, make these conversations to be like normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because It's, you know, it's crazy out there. And, and again, all about empowerment and all about, um, knowledge and information because yeah. you're like, you make the best decisions when you have all the facts and the information. Right. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think it would be really cool, like back right when I was still like dating and stuff like that, to have this never happened, but to have like one of my boyfriends or whatever be like, hey, I want to know a little bit more about like, why are you taking a pill every day? Or like, why are you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be so cool to then just like, I mean, I feel like that even, right? I feel like communication is so important, but that and it adds more like substance and depth to your relationship and it brings people closer. So, yeah. 
yeah, I definitely, any of like the guys listening, like I think that'd be an awesome thing to do and would be as a woman really appreciated. Yeah. And that's what like, that's very new paradigm thinking, right? Like we want to knock down all of these oppressive systems that have just been trying to keep us in a box and not allowing us to be our authentic selves. And it starts with those conversations in your own home, conversations with your friends, conversations on platforms, you know, you're talking about these things. And that's why it's so, so, so important to, um, Really ask yourself, like, why do I, why do I believe this? Yeah. Is this shameful? Why do I feel guilt about this? And make really informed decisions. So yes, yes, yes to all of those things. Um, Okay. So we did have some listener questions. Um, We do this often. We had an episode called Ask Goddess and Rick, but, you know, we just talk our, our own experiences and the little research that we do. We do not give medical advice. So we thought, you know what, we're going to have an actual real life doctora with us. So let's let's do it. Do it. Let's ask the questions. Um, Okay. So one of the questions that we had was, should we be out here having sex during this pandemic? <laughs> like, it's crazy out here. Um, I'm not really sure if that's something I should be doing. Yeah. So that is a great question. And I do, I've gotten this question a lot since this whole pandemic started. Um, sex is always okay. So let's just start there. Uh-huh. Can you say so- that one more time? So yes, my short answer is yes, it is okay to be having sex during this pandemic. Now, my little asterisk, if we want to go, you know, kind of put a little asterisk next to the yes, try and keep your sex circle or the people you're having sex with be within your community, right? We want to make sure that they're just like we should all be doing, be smart, be safe, wash your hands, wear your face mask, get you vaccinated. Um, definitely when it was like peak COVID pre vaccine, Mm -hmm. I was like, try and keep it right with people in your household as well. Just because at that point it was a little bit more dangerous, but now, I mean, with numbers, you know, everything's looking a little bit better. Um, yeah, it is definitely okay. Just, you know, as long as you're staying safe, as far as like just normal, basic hygiene, hand washing, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, did y'all hear that? It is safe to be having sex out here in this pandemic. Just <laughs> all these guidelines yeah. that you just got. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Have fun, but be responsible. Be responsible. I love that. Uh, okay. Another listener question that we got was, can you get pregnant um, when you have sex? It's three, wait, was it three places? A pool and a jacuzzi. Okay. And I do. Oh, get this and the shower. There was one with those three. Okay. So all, all water-based. Yes. yes. So I do get this question a lot as well. So the way I like to think about it. So whenever you're having penile vaginal sex, right? When a penis is inside of the vagina and you ejaculate inside on all that stuff. Right. It doesn't matter where you are, whether it's a pool, jacuzzi, ocean, shower, you can get pregnant. And I think, I'm not sure where that misconception started, but I remember hearing it when I was in high school, like, oh, if you have sex in the jacuzzi, you can't get pregnant. And I'm like, hmm, that is false. <laughs> Anytime there's, you know, penis inside of the vagina, it's, there's always that chance of pregnancy. Yes. Cause you have pre-cum also. 
you know? Yes. Like, and while, know. even though it's rare, you can definitely get pregnant off of pre-cum yes. because there's no way to absolutely say that there's not one little swimmer in there yes. that is going to make it all away. <laughs> that is very determined um, to <laughs> make it there. You never know, man. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are really, you know, they're overachievers. Listen, <laughs> honestly, semen, they're very, they're uh, pretty resilient. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a bunch in that load. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. This is another question and it's based off their favorite TikTok that you have made. Um, when it was like as an OBGYN, um, when the husband or the father asks, for that extra stitch. <laughs> oh my God. And did you see my like internal eye roll? Like yes. this is just like, this is, if you ever want to piss off an OBGYN, just mention a husband stitch or yes. man stitch or anything like that. Like I, I just want to punch people when I hear that, but <laughs> <laughs> it is again, I believe this probably started like years and years and years ago, maybe like, you know, historic or back in like the, 1800s or something where this quote unquote husband stitch started. And it was after a woman gives birth, birth vaginally, the provider doctor would do an extra stitch to tighten the vagina back up. This, it, as far as like modern medicine or even, you know, it is not a thing that is done ever. I'm, and I can speak for right, my training here in the U.S. Who knows, you know, if other countries, unfortunately, are doing that or anything like that. Right. But it should never, ever, ever be done. Obviously, it is normal to have a vaginal tear during a delivery. It happens to almost everyone, and that's okay. You repair the anatomy back to what the anatomy looks like, and you're done. There's none of this tightening back. Oh, my God. I've had, I've had husbands or partners ask me, and I ask them to leave the room. Because I just, I can't physically, it's so disrespectful. Yeah, and so yeah, do that. Yeah. And I'm like, leave or I'm actually going to stab you or something. <laughs> I'm going to give you an extra stitch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just, your mouth real quick. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that is a really big myth, right? Of like, yes. oh, that comes with like quote unquote loose women, like, oh man, she had a loose vagina, da da da, this and that. So, can you talk a little bit about that and just put that to rest finally yes. here on sexual yes. frequency? I know, put it here first, actually, exactly. probably for the 10th million time, but this time, please pay attention. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, again, when we give birth and right, and it's a vaginal birth or anything like that, yes. The vagina is an organ. A lot of people don't know that. They just think it's a hole. No, the vagina itself is an, an yeah. or a vital organ in the body. And it can expand and grow and stretch. And that is completely normal. Yes. And because it grows to make room for this baby after delivery, and once you're healed from your postpartum period, mm -hmm. the vagina goes back to its normal state or whatever size it was before. With subsequent pregnancies, labor tends to go a little bit faster because your body's done that. The vagina being an organ, it realizes, hey, we've done this before. It's going to open up and stretch again, but it all comes back together. And even if you tear, because a lot of women ask me this too, you know, you tear during childbirth, mm -hmm. the vagina and vulva and the labia and the lips, everything is extremely forgiving, meaning it's a really well vasculated area. 
And so the more blood flow you're getting to that area, it's going to have great healing and it's going to go back to the way it was. Yes. No one's going to notice anything different. And we need to stop shaming into, you know, women who have had multiple kids that you're yes. loose or whatever. That is all, all a myth. And we're done. Or even multiple partners or oh my God. Oh my yeah. God, you must have been with a really big guy. I mean, I'm yeah. saying that like, this is the stuff that I hear, right? Not, not me yeah. personally, but yeah. it's like, oh, you have so much sex. Like you're so loose. Your vagina must not blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, no. Maybe it's just really small. Like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's not how it works, right? Like, exactly. um, we have muscles and we work them. Correct. And, you know, sure, different vaginas are going to feel differently, right? It's just, I right. like to say, like, it's kind of like working out. Like, if there's a vagina that does that or a woman who does her Kegels, yeah, sh she's going to feel a little different than a woman who doesn't. But exactly. But the myth that... um our vaginas get loose and they stay loose because we've Correct. had a lot of sex or because we've had babies. So I Correct. hope y'all took notes on that one. Cause it's all a myth. I don't want to hear it. Let's bury that. We're going to put that to rest. Yeah. Um, okay. So our last, actually I have two more questions Ev, yeah. which is, you know, we're all about new paradigm here. And so we explore different relationships, not just monogamy. So one of the questions was like, how do you keep your pH balance of your vagina on point when mm. you have, you know, when you have intercourse, right? Like the, your pH in your vagina um, can change. And how can you keep your pH on point, especially like if you have multiple partners, let's say you're polyamorous, um, yeah. you're non-monogamous, or I mean, even for monogamy. Yeah, it can happen to anyone, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, that's a really good question. So just like a quick anatomy background, because a lot of people don't know this either. So the tissue inside of the vagina is really acidic. So it is normally very acidic and it's full of bacteria. That's just the way it is. It's good to have what we call normal flora or normal bacteria inside of the vagina. A lot of it's what's responsible for our lubrication, all that good stuff. So then when you start having intercourse, whether it's with, with a man, semen is really basic. Mm. So going back to that, like, you know, acids versus bases from like, you know, when we learned that when we were younger, mm -hmm. when they both mix, that can kind of cause a shift in the vaginal tissue okay. because you have an acidic environment now being introduced to a basic environment. Right. It can also happen with women who have sex with women. Um, just kind of not everyone has the same bacteria vaginally. And so then you could be introducing new bacteria that can then cause an imbalance an infection or stuff like that. So that being said, you're going back to your question of like, you know, what's the best way to like keep your pH balanced so one of the biggest things to remember is that the vagina is a self-cleansing organ. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things out on the market yeah. saying, you know, you need to douche with roses. You need to douche with some perfume with, I've had apple cider vinegar is like a new thing where like they mm -hmm. say to clean out your vagina with that. Please don't. It's so bad for your vagina. Just like, And it tastes awful. Yeah, like leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Just does not need it. He's like, yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I'm cleaning so, myself. <laughs> exactly. So the vagina is an amazing organ. It's extremely powerful and it'll clean itself. That being said, infections can still happen. You can still get an imbalance. 
But rule number one, do not douche with anything that's like fragrant or anything like that. Cause that's going to add to the problem. Right. Another thing is what we eat. So diet is also really important diet. I mean, affects a lot of the things in our body, right. but I using a probiotic is typically really helpful. Mm, okay. So like an over the counter probiotic mm-hmm. that does not mean putting yogurt inside of the vagina because I've right. thought that a lot too. Wow. <laughs> I know. I mean, we laugh, but this is, I, they've, they've come. So for any listeners, yeah, don't put yogurt up there. Don't not worth it. There's like a TikTok trend on that. And I'm like, Oh, please wow. don't <laughs> eat the yogurt. Don't put it in. Yeah. Right. You can eat it through <laughs> your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Through your mouth. It'll yeah. make its way to do what it needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And got another, it. <laughs> another thing too, if you're having sex with multiple partners or you're unsure, it's always a good idea to be up to date on your STD testing or STI yes, testing. Absolutely. Because a lot of the times, you know, it's best to know again, a great conversation to have your, with your partner before you even have sex. Like, Hey, have you been checked lately? Or like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get checked. Maybe you should go get checked. Like that kind of conversation is really important because some of those infections can lead to an imbalance and it can lead to infections. So, yeah. I hope y'all took notes. I know I did. I am. I mean, I don't, I don't put yogurt anywhere near (laughs) my. Thank you. Um, (laughs) um, I actually did this very powerful um, exercise where I had a conversation with my vagina or my pussy. I call it my pussy. We're going to. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm talking to my pussy. I'm empowering my pussy. And then I let her talk. I was like, okay, girl, it's your turn. What do you got to do? And I just asked questions and listened. And my, my pussy was like, I am so happy to be your pussy. (laughs) Like, Amazing. Man, we are going places is what she told me. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Like you have to be in touch with your body. I'm telling yeah. you, I know for some people that might sound like way far out, but let me tell you, it is so, it is so empowering to just really be in tune with yourself and with your body. It um, is because also when, if something were to be wrong or whenever, like you you come see a doctor, you come see me, like, it is, I love when a patient comes to me and she's like, already knows everything. And she's like, you know, I, I know my body and I know what I'm feeling and I know something's wrong. And she's able to kind of like really focus in on like where the issue is. And it's just like, that makes my job like super easy. And I'm like, yeah. So it's that knowledge. I always say knowledge is power, Mm -hmm. like in all aspects of life, but like you're your own advocate when it comes to your body. Cause yeah. I'll never physically feel the way you guys feel or anything like that. Yes. So yeah, definitely. I, I love empowering people. I'm like, you gotta get to know yourself. Yes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, now this is not a listener question. This question is coming from yours truly. God is loaded. Yeah. <laughs> because as I mentioned earlier, you know, I am 42 and fabulous. 42 and thriving. Yes. I'm like, you know what? I have the doctora here and I'm much closer to menopause now than I as than I was obviously from when I had my first period or from having what advice do you have um, for women who are, you know, getting closer to that age? And I'm not saying I am, I'm not perimenopausal, but you know, prevention, I want to see like, if there's anything that I can do to support my body in, in any way. 
Mm -hmm. And that's a great question. I love one of my favorite visits in the office is that perimenopause talk, because going back to being a Latina and growing up in that household, like I never had that conversation on like menopause or anything like that. Like I remember when my mom, what I suspected when my mom was going through menopause, mm. my dad kind of sitting me and my sisters down and he was like, so your mom's going to be a little bit irrational and a little bit moody. Like she's going through my poor dad's like trying to just like explain it to us. And like, and I remember being like, but what do you, what's going on? And then, you know, thinking back, I'm like, Oh, she was like 51, 52. Like, and with menopause, there's a lot of hormone changes and it causes a lot. So as far as the education part of it, I'm really passionate about it because I feel like we weren't, properly taught or trained on what to expect. So most women, at least here in the US, will go into menopause around 51. That's the average age. A good gauge of it is if you know what age your mom went into menopause, most women mirror, it kind of runs in the family. Okay. So that I like to start off with that because if they know what age their mom went into it, when you get closer to that age is usually when you'll start. Um, but like I said, it's usually it's the hormone changes. Okay. So with menopause, your ovaries stop producing as much as the estrogen and progesterone. And then that's what causes the decrease in the periods. And eventually they stop. But it also causes a lot of mood instability. For some women, it can cause anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, some women might notice some increased weight gain or just, you know, not having that energy to want to do much of anything. Um, but if you can prepare for all those symptoms or kind of be like, Hey, why do I, why did I start feeling this way? It's been like a month or like, you know, I want women to feel and know that this is a part of life. Yes. But most importantly, it's a season. This is mm -hmm. not for the rest of your life. This is going to be, you know, everyone's different. It could last up to a year for some women. It's two months for some it's four. So it's just this season of life. And once the hormones start to balance out again, it's okay. And you're going to feel a lot better. It's just one, right. Just like when we started having our periods, like you're like, what the heck is happening? And you're, you start getting boobs and you're like, it's all those things. Yes. Like, it's the same thing, but now you have to handle it as an adult and still have to go to work and still have to, you know, take yeah. care of your kids or your whatever. So yeah. yeah, I, I think, like that season of life. Yeah, season. Yeah. That, that was perfect. And again, I think it just it goes back to what we've been talking about is just knowing your body and knowing mm -hmm. um, your anatomy. I'm so glad that you're here with us on tonight. Yeah. I want to, like, to leave it on the fun note, like I'm curious, like what has been maybe one or two of the questions that you've gotten or responses on some of your platforms that have just made you like fall out of your chair laughing oh my god <laughs> let's see well i do here's one thing that and, and this might be a good little like public service announcement too <laughs> i get a lot of pictures and i need i'm like and i have made several tiktoks and i'm like on my instagram stories and i'm like listen i understand i'm like i'm a doctora i put myself out here and i love to educate <laughs> But like your pictures of your vaginas, do not send them to me. Like that is not okay. Like, yeah. I'm like don't send them to anyone either. Like you should never yeah. just send someone on the internet. Be like, hey, I have a bump down here. Like, what is it? Yeah, no. I'm like, no. Let me just hold on a second. You need to go see your doctor. I'm like, I cannot. 
And it still surprises me to this day. Every time I get one, I'm like, yeah, I can't help you there. Like, you know, I think people are just so enthralled with technology and they have it right in their hand. And they just cannot resist. I know. But and I'm like, in that case, please resist. Like, please. <laughs> Cease and desist with the, with the pictures. And it's funny you said that because I sent a message like to certain groups I have on Instagram, like, hey, we're going to have a doctora on, like, please send your questions and i did put on there and i thought it was hilarious i put but please do not send any photos because she will not be diagnosing you, you know? <laughs> yeah. you're telling us that you do get a lot of photos that's i do i really do and it's like and sometimes it's like you know grown adults a lot of the times it's like younger girls too because if it's like a 15 year old and she'll start off with like I can't talk to my parents about it. Like they don't know I'm having sex or like all this stuff, which is also heartbreaking, right? Because she's panicking and all this stuff. So I, you know, I respond and I'm like, I, I can't help you. I can't diagnose you like over the internet, but like you can really reach out to a clinic or something like that to try and, you know, try and help because I also understand that situation is really scary. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's oh that's sad. Yeah. Um, and yes, please stop sending pictures. Yeah, yeah that's a good good just like life advice in general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That's great life advice. Don't take pictures. Just uh, I mean, no. don't send pictures, please. Especially through social media on someone that like it's just social media is like not private at all. That's gonna go to every oh, like they yeah. say it's like no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not going to go away. It doesn't delete. People screenshot. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Rick and I are from a pre, uh, pre-cell phone, pre-internet. Like when we were in high school, yeah. there was the only pagers. Pagers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the pager days. <laughs> J&J &J beepers. <laughs> um, but... We appreciate having we appreciate you being on with us, Dr. Ali. It was so great. It was fun. It was informative. Um, yeah. I'm glad that we're able to get on the, on our platforms and share this uh, with everybody who's out there listening. So I know. And what you guys are doing is so important. Like I I just really want to stress that because you guys you're breaking barriers. You're you know, making this new mold. And it is amazing because we need more content like this out there to normalize all of this. So like props to you guys, what you're doing is amazing. I love your work. Keep doing it. It's amazing. Uh -huh. Appreciate Thank that. you. We Thank accept you. the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we hope that this is not going to be the last time that we see you here on TGN Latinx or anywhere yeah. on the radio network. We appreciate you and your time. Congratulations, you know, on all of the things that you're doing, all of the platforms that you're on. You are breaking barriers. That's right. You have Thank people you. following you. you um, and you are just freaking like i said earlier you are a boricua badass and we love it we're here for it we support it and we cheer you on thank you, thank so, you much. so much and um we put all of the places where people can follow you i believe like on our ticker but is there anything yeah. that you want to shout out or any upcoming projects that you have or anything you want to speak on before we go um no i don't think so i think yeah i saw them down there on the ticker and i think that's great um I'm going to try and do a little bit more YouTube videos, hopefully within the next couple of years or this 
the rest of this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was oh a blast. My gosh. I'm so glad. And can we say it that we actually we popped your cherry? <gasps> Yay! We popped I love it. your podcast cherry. <laughs> it is. This is my first podcast that I've ever been on or been a part of. You guys have been amazing. So thank oh, you. Thank you. We love Virgin Vibes on Sexual Frequency. Yes. <laughs> it's so great. I'm feeling um, great. So you guys did a good job. Oh, awesome. Yeah, um, we're going to close the show like we do every single episode in which we take a breath and we acknowledge the wisdom of our ancestors, which is my mama, who said to me, play with yourself every night so that you know your body and you know what you like. This is Goddess Lore. Rick Rock, and Dr. Ali Rodriguez signing off for Sexual Frequency. See you guys next week. See you soon, y'all. Bye. We saw a couple of your TikToks with some Drake songs. So we were like, yes. hey, we put, a little bit of, put a little Drake in there. I love it. I love Drake. So this is great. Yes, thank you. We're we're gonna end on YouTube, right? Yeah, we can okay, end bye, YouTube. Here. bye YouTube. Bye YouTube.